Hey everybody, this is David Handel, and before we get to this episode of the Shulable Podcast, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for a chance to win big cash prizes. On Underdog, all you need to do is draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, injuries, none of that, because Underdog handles it all for you. The only thing that you need to do is go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that is it. Once again, no in-season management. And on top of that, they're going to give you $25 when you sign up. So you can take a chance at the free shot at $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. And yeah, I said that right. $1 million. All you have to do to get the $25 in bonus cash is sign up for Underdog Fantasy and use the code the number 5 rsn That is the number 5 rsn Take it from me, we just signed up for a league with fellow 5 Reason Sports podcast. We're looking to have some fun and be on the lookout because as we mentioned on Twitter, we are going to be starting a few leagues of our own with our listeners to compete and make this football season even more exciting. But in the meantime, go sign up for Underdog Fantasy, get your $25 bonus cash when you deposit, and let's get this football season started on the right foot. And now... You can enjoy this brand new episode from the Shulable Podcast. Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the Shulable Podcast. As always, we're brought to you by the fine folks. Five Reason Sports. Shout out to the CEO, Ethan Skolnick. Soft Florida Sports News, your home for Soft Florida Sports News. That is Five Reason Sports. They can be found on Twitter at the number five reason sports, fivereasonsports.com. Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation, full house tonight as we get things jumping off for the FIU side of the season preview and schedule breakdown. Shane Marinelli, all things FAU, Owls 247, 247 contributor, and our FIU superfan, Mr. David Handel. Uh, boys, what's going on tonight? I know, Shane, uh, I, we were talking about it off here, and i got to give you 30 seconds on here to go ahead and vent as far as your, uh, your, your topic of the day to vent on. It's all yours. It's like it, Conference USA can't do anything without – they're basically – they walk into a store and then they trip over something and then something knocks something else over and next thing you know, the whole store is on fire. I'm trying to think of oh, – David, maybe you can help me. The, uh, the movies – uh, the old funny cop movie where he's a detective and just stuff was always bad was happening around him and he never realized it. Um, I don't know. I can't think of it. I'm having a total mind blank right are, now. Are you talking about like the Pink Panther or um, uh, damn? No, I should know who you're talking about. Give me one second. In the meantime, while David's trying to do it, I'll quickly read this. There is a, and I promise we are going to get to the FIU schedule breakdown. Just I forgot to give Shane a couple seconds to opine here while David's doing that. There was a statement that was tweeted out by our friends over at The Roost, your home, uh, or CUSA's home, I should say, for uh, all things rice coverage. Check those guys out. They do a phenomenal job there, Matt Bartlett and the team. But they tweeted out a, a it's a statement that is on a, an official CUSA letterhead. It's dated July 27th, 2021. And uh, it reads, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it reads, Dear friends, boosters, and fans of Conference USA Institutions, CUSA is established and is committed to establishing itself as a national leader, blah, 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 blah. This letter is to ask for your assistance in this effort. Please help spread the word that CUSA and its member institutions 
are known for great teams to conduct and conduct themselves in competition with class, dignity, and honor. Uh, here's the thing they say, um, uh, okay, all 12, all 12 institutions, uh, problem there, there are 14 institutions, which that in itself leads me to believe, and I said this to Shane, that uh, maybe it's my journalism, it's my uh, journalistic skepticism. It leads me to believe that that has to be fake because I don't think they could mess that up in terms of getting Eric, the... Uh, no, if this was the SEC, you would think it's fake. It's Conference USA. Yeah, fair point. You, fair you point. assume it's real, and that fair is point. the problem. Is the, as, even if it's not, the fact that you even say, well, they would do something like that is the issue. That, that, is, that, is, that is a fair point. I mean, given Conference USA's track record, you almost have to have to believe that uh, it's real and let them prove otherwise. So uh, we'll see as far as uh, you know how that plays out, and we'll update you on a later episode. But without further ado, we're going to jump into the FIU side of things. I take that back. Well, one more thing we want to promote, because we are very, very grateful to our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Really quick, you know football season's right around the corner. We are seven days away from college football kickoff, the USA kickoff. And that means fantasy football is in full swing. I actually just got hit up to be a part of a fantasy football league earlier today. And if I'm going to do it, guys, let me know. It's going to be underdog fantasy. Here's the deal. If you're a guy like me, I am excellent at drafting the team, but maintaining my team throughout the year is my downfall. With underdog fantasy, you don't have to worry about that. You draft a team, season-long team, and that's it. No in-season management. And guess what? The best thing is they're going to give you 25 bucks when you sign up to take a shot at their free million-dollar grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. So that is the deal. If you're going to play fantasy football this year, do it with underdogfantasy.com. Use our promo code, that is 5RSN, underdogfantasy.com. Now, without further ado, David Handel, are your paws up, baby? Uh, One, my paws are up. Two, it's going to kill me if I get this wrong, but Shane, were you talking about Mr. Bean, Johnny English, or Austin Powers? None of them. I'm still looking it up. No. <laughs> well, all right, besides that fact, yes, my paws are up. I'm, I have talked myself into a fantastic season, Eric. Let me just, uh, let me just tell you what. I've talked myself into that, you know, a bad season might be a nine-win season. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, jumping along that far, but uh, I'm still with you, David. Go ahead, man. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, basically, I, listen – it's it's no secret that uh, I haven't been able to you know keep up like like Shane and Eric here with with all things Conference USA outside of FIU. Um, so I, I after work today I knew we were doing the schedule breakdown the FIU preview and I decided to deep dive into our opponents and I have somehow talked myself into a nine win season uh, with a couple you know on the fence possibly ten win season. So that's where my head's at now and I'm ready to go. So let's go ahead and do this. I figured this is the best way. If you heard our FAU breakdown, of course, I pitched questions to Shane. I figured the best way to do this, and I will ask, because as you, those listeners who are are used to our podcast know, we tend to uh, produce the podcast on the fly. Shane, would you like me and David to go into our schedule analysis and then you respond afterwards? Or would you like to get a couple questions out of the way in the the onset? Uh, Let's do the first. Okay, cool. Not a problem. So, David Handel, I figured since we'll we'll do it like this, since you've uh, kind of do- dove into your research, uh, 12 games on the schedule, we'll split them six and six. So I will let you start off with Long Island. What are your thoughts in terms of schedule breakdown? 
FIU opens the season in seven days, September 2nd, 7 p.m. on ESPN3 against Long Island University. I'll just give a quick uh, two cents for those of you who may not be familiar with Long Island. They are the former LIU and CW Post, both of those universities there in the great state of New York, merged to become two, uh, merged to become one joint football program. So that's why you may not be familiar with Long Island. That's the reason why. But uh, Hondo, you're up. Well, um, you know, I'd, I thought we were going to go the FAU route and, and maybe possibly skip a couple because my only note for LIU, which I'll re- reiterate what I said yesterday, I will retire from this podcast if FIU loses to LIU. All right. That's all I've got for you. If we lo- I don't even want to talk about them yet. If we lose to this team, Eric, I will be in shambles and there's nothing else I can say. David, really quick, I would love to go the FAU route and skip a couple. Can we? Yes, we can. But no, I, no, 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 no. Can we? What do you mean? I'm I'm uh, lost. FAU has earned the right to skip a couple of games and say, uh, yeah, we, we can put no. that on. Fair. Well, can fair. We? To be honest with you, I only have I only have that one as a skip. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. No worries. Uh, I'll I'll give a, I'll give two quick notes here on Long Island. So they are their former head coach Brian Collins left the program for 21 years. Going to be coached by interim uh, interim head coach, quarterbacks coach Jonathan Gills with the program for 15 years. So uh, kind of a situation like Jacksonville State when they came in last year. If you remember, their uh, head coach John Gross was dealing with COVID. An interim coach, I uh, cannot remember the name right now, took over and led them to victory. So obviously, you know, we, uh, we're, we're, we're over. That's not the case, but uh, that's just quick note on Long Island. All right, Hondo, um, uh, I'll take Texas State, and then I, you can take Texas Tech. That work? All right, let me just get one thing off for Texas State. Yes, sir. Four words. How Vincent revenge game. That is a W. (laughs) That is a W for FIU. Uh, You know, I'm going to get a couple things. Texas State, probably one of the worst defenses in Sunbelt. It's a pass-leaning team, bad run game. Everything plays into FIU strengths. You know, they do have a lot of returning starters, but bad O-line, bad run game, bad defense. Give me the FIU win. Go for it, Eric. Yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. And listen, David, you did a great job there. I think, you know, you really uh, kind of dove into it. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a bad run game, but it ain't, it's not a big hitter run game. Brock Sturgis, Calvin Hill, they had two backs go for over 500 yards, but that's in a 12-game year. They all played 12 games. So not exactly like they're going for six, seven yards a pop. The big thing is Brady McBride. Brady McBride, the Memphis transfer, he showed flashes of being a really dynamic quarterback really in the early going. I want to say it was week two, if memory serves me correct. Maybe in week one where they played UTSA in a shootout, maybe one of the games of the year last year. That went to overtime, and Brady McBride and Jeremiah Haydell lit it up. FIU caught a break because Jeremiah Haydell kind of inexplicably went to the pros when – uh, he should be back this year. But uh, just to kind of wrap up on Texas State, the reason this game is keen, I've been so you know emphatic about it, this is year three for Jake Spavaton. They are very much in a rebuild mode, just like FIU. So they're looking to start this year. If you want to a team that's just as desperate to start the year 2-0, it's Texas State, especially given the fact that Everett Withers, former, uh, F- excuse me, former Texas State head coach, because David talked about revenge game, it's going to be a revenge game for Everett Withers as well. The man who uh, replaced him at Texas State is Jake Spavitar. So uh, that's why that game is very crucial for Texas State. Uh, Hondo, Texas Tech, what's up? 
I think there's one thing that there should be pointed out with Texas State, and reason why, and they're one of the big experiments, I guess, in college football. Uh, they took two high school kids out of tw- their 25 signees last year. They took 20 full transfers, multiple Power Five, anywhere from, you know, from all across, you know, Bowling Green, Cal, like just they they Ty Evans at NC State quarterback, so. I, how many, you know, transfers always come with, uh, you know, th- th- sometimes they can be considered, you know, not damaged goods, but, uh, you know, they're transferring for a reason. It is, it, it's really curious to see, you know, what that team will look like because they could look completely different. Uh, so you, they're, ba- you know, Texas State's head coach is a little bit on the hot seat and that's why they went and did it. Right, and that's a very good point there by Shane. As I mentioned, Jake Spavital heading into year three uh, has not really had any real success in terms of picking up where Everett's left off. So uh, definitely why they went heavy on the transfer route. But without further ado, David, uh, what you got on the Red Raiders of Texas Tech? Arguably the uh, the biggest game of the year, quote unquote, just because they're they're heading to a Power Five opponent. So what do you have uh, on uh, the Red Raiders? Yeah, so Texas Tech, you know, I, I, I almost wanted, you know, I usually go into these the, the season saying we're going twelve and zero. I've marked Texas Tech as a lost P five team, you know. However, I will say Texas Tech terrible against the run. Last sixteen games, they're two and fourteen when allowing a team to rush for one hundred and seventy yards. Woo, look at those stats Eric, from David. Look you at those like stats that, from David. Look, I like wow, that. You that like was, that? You like that? that I bet you guys like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Um, yeah, but t- Texas Tech might might be a little bit too much for an unproven FIU team at the moment. And they just got that Oregon transfer, uh, Tyler Sh- – I'm going to butcher his last name. It's Shu or Shao yeah. Jr. They've got a good run game and, um, you know, it's most likely a loss. But, hey, if there is an upset, watch Devontae Price pop off. Yeah, David – I pretty much don't have too much to add uh, outside of that. Uh, Sh- Sh- Sherodrick, excuse me, Sherodrick Thompson is back, and he's going to tote the rock. So in terms of just flipping in terms of looking at their run game against a porous FIU run D, at least over the past 31 games, you know, the Panthers have allowed over 175 yards 15 times in the last 31 outings. So that is something to keep an eye on. But you did mention their situation there with Tyler Shaw. Uh, here's where a game that I, I think things get very interesting at central Michigan, David, uh, I'll let you lead off and I'll, I'll kind of back clean up afterwards. Yes. Yeah, so I actually, I actually went back and forth on this game. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm saying W in an absolute shootout. Um, I it's it, but it's also a game that I can totally see us losing Uh run heavy team, good on the ground. You know, that's been our kryptonite for what? probably seven years now, most likely, you know, realistically four. Um, but, but yeah, they're a run heavy team. They've got a lot of expected starters returning and they got a new quarterback transfer from Washington. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's on paper. It, 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 you know, their offense is good, but once again, it's another team that has defensive struggles and it's a team that, you know, we can, you know, we have so many weapons that we can get into a shootout. It's whether or not we can close them out. I'm going to say it's also on the road. Another tough one. I'm going to go W, but I can totally see us losing this game. So I will provide the contrast to David. I have this one. And for those of you who may not know, my FIU 
uh, official season preview, just, you know, kind of a broad season preview. And then my prediction what came out today on UDD. I have this one as a loss. I, 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 for the reasons you mentioned, David, in terms of going on the road, Jim McElwain is a very good G5 coach. Central Michigan, historically a very good G5 program. They're coming off a three and three year following a really successful year under Jim McElwain, a nine win year in his first year in Mount Pleasant. The big thing that David mentions the run game, Kobe Lewis, uh, I think he ran for over a thousand yards as a sophomore, I believe. I want to see, yeah, I want to say as a sophomore. Uh, I know he, he had something like 12 touchdowns, 1,100 yards. Um, he had about four or 500 yards last year. I know him and Lou Nichols split the running back duties, but Kobe Nichols dealing with a knee injury. So it's kind of, uh, you know, his status is a little bit uncertain. I, I, I last I, I heard or read that. His stats was uncertain for the first two games. So if he's not fully healthy and they're down to one back and Lou Nichols, this game reminds me a lot of when they played Akron, not Akron, let's try this again, when they played Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl, a team that's going to be uh, kind of really run heavy but doesn't have a dynamic threat at quarterback. So if FIU can catch a couple breaks, that could be a win, but I have it as a loss. Now we're going to get into the meat of things. And David, really quick, I know you have – uh, you have the Panthers at three and one coming out of the first four, which I have stated is crucial. I have them at two and two. The reason I've said it is so crucial. Shula Bowl. Uh, like I said on the FAU podcast, we're not going to do a full Shula Bowl breakdown, but uh, we all know the deal, right? You, you haven't won since 2016. FAU has really high expectations. David, uh, I'll just say this. If you have them at three and one, how crucial is it for you to get the FAU game? I mean, we're going to be four and one going into week five. Uh, <laughs> this is, it's, extre- I mean, it's obviously, extre- it's always crucial. Um, yeah, we, once again, we haven't beat FAU. Um, I've yet to have a, a shoeable victory since we've started this podcast, um, which kind of sucks. But um, yeah, I've marked it as a W. <laughs> all, I'm going to leave it at that. That's all I've got. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, unlike David Handel, I did not mark it as, as a, as a W. <laughs> I marked it as a loss. So I've got FIU at two and three heading into Charlotte or excuse me, welcoming Charlotte to FIU stadium. David, I'll lead off here and then toss it back to you. Here's the big thing for me. I have this one as a win and that's not necessarily saying that their FIU is a better team than Charlotte right now. However, Will Healy, there's sneaky some pressure. I think Shane mentioned this when we talked about uh, the Owls. There's a little bit of pressure on Will Healy to kind of regain the, the swagger that uh, that they had after year one, the energy with Club Lit. And Will Healy's never beaten FIU. I think FIU kind of has Charlotte's number. You look at the amount of losses that they, they had, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And we all know the things that Vic Tucker said as far as, you know, none of the CUSA DBs being any good. I, I quite frankly, I just think this is one of those teams, David, that FIU just has their number. So fun, funny enough, Eric, I, I actually have this as a loss for oh. two reasons. Well, three reasons. One, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a bit of a, a wake up game after we just smoke FAU. We're going to come all back all cocky. We think we have Charlotte's number. They, they just got a four-star transfer from Texas A&M, James Foster, who I fully expect to be the starter by week five, I would assume. Okay. okay. Dual-threat quarterback. You know we struggle with those. I know they lost their running backs, but they did just get this guy from Iowa. They've got some transfers on the defensive side, a guy from Notre Dame and a guy from Iowa State. It's, it's a weird game, and I know we have their number, but I, I was going back and forth with this one or marking this one as a, an L – 
or the Central Michigan, and I'm going to go with Charlotte as an L. The guys that David referenced, of course, he referenced James Foster. He says that he expects him to be the starter by week five. That would be interesting because uh, Will Healy came out and said that Chris Reynolds is the starter, but also doesn't mean that James Foster cannot usurp him. Uh, the defensive guys, Kofi Wardlow is the guy from Notre Dame. And also, uh, I'm not forgetting the, the Iowa transfer, but they have Calvin Camp and Elijah Turner as the running backs. But let's get to a big-time game here. Western Kentucky, baby, the Bailey Zappi hype train. I've already said that Bailey Zappi is going to be the the latest Heisman to come from the G5 ranking. Eric's head's going to explode. You know, he's going to pick against FIU here or, you know, uh, or go against the – the um, all-time, the 18 and 17 Bailey Zappi. I think that's how we should introduce him from now on. You, Yeah, introduce him that way because you misspoke. You meant uh, 7 and 18. You said 18 and 17. But it doesn't matter because when Bailey Zappi goes, you know, 12 and 0 and they win the conference, he's going to have a winning record as a quarterback anyhow. So, David, Western Kentucky, what you got? So, I also have Western Kentucky as a loss. Uh, Bailey Zappi, yes, I know, Eric, you're all big on him. But – Western Kentucky, like randomly, I know they lost a lot of guys. I, I didn't realize how much, like, they had a lot of, tra- they had like 17 transfers from like places from like Oregon, Michigan State, UNC. I was like, what the hell? I had no idea. I had no idea. That's how, that's how, that's how not following along I've been with, with uh, CSA. Uh, I, I've given Western Kentucky the L. Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people are expecting Western Kentucky to, you know, be much better this year. Uh, I don't know, Eric. I'm not with you. Maybe not winning the conference, but I think it's an improved team. And I, I just, I don't know. I have this weird feeling uh, about Western Kentucky. No, all, all jokes aside, I was joking about them winning the conference. I, as we know, I, I picked FAU to win the East and UTSA to win the West, UTSA to win the conference. Here's the deal. I think this game gets very interesting because, as we know, Western Kentucky has kind of had the Panthers number the past two years. With that being said, it's strength on strength, right? And listen, Shane Marinelli is most equipped to make the points about all the players that Western has lost and all the players that they're trying to integrate. And, of course, he's made his feelings clear on the Bailey Zappi, Zach Kitley combination. Here's the deal. I say strength on strength because I think that FIU secondary, they got a lot of smaller receivers over there at Western. The Stearns twins, as Shane will point out, are you know little 5'8", 5'9", guys were FCS players before. Uh, listen, I, I think the Dames, I think Dorian Hall, I think Josh Valentine Turner, all those guys can match up really well. I have it as an L only because I think Western at this point in time is a little more of a complete team, but that one could be a toss up. Uh, Shane, do you want to pine there on Western or, or can I uh, head to the herd? I think FIU, so just to catch it up, obviously, I I think FIU beat Charlotte and possibly Western Kentucky. I just don't, you know, I'm not a big believer in the air raid. And I think, if anything, I think matchup wise, they match up well with Western Kentucky. You know, uh, the, the only way that, the way I would see Western Kentucky winning, uh, interestingly enough, is, you know, it becomes kind of a defensive grinder. Neither team's really scoring. And, you know, it's kind of a turnover at the end or a penalty, you know, one of those types of games. But uh, I sent it in our chat beforehand, and I'm a big believer in, in the SMP, probably more than most people. It, it, you know, they're, according to Connolly's percentages of six wins, FIU is at 64%, and Western Kentucky is at 47%. Now, granted, you can have your 
thoughts on the S&P, but it's kind of been what I've been saying. Outside of Zappi, I don't think Western Kentucky's a very good football team. Well, Shane, really, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I'll just make one point to your S&P point. They have Southern Miss at 67%, and I don't necessarily think that you're, for the listeners at home who may not know about S&P, you're not necessarily asserting that Southern Miss and FIU are great football teams as much as you're asserting that in conjunction with the schedule, they have greater odds for six wins. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it factors all those things and returning talent and all you know that stuff. And I, I think sometimes when we're making predictions, we get too caught up in the headlines of a team and we don't look at some of the little things that might decide. And you say, and at the end of the year, say, "Oh, why didn't we see this before?" The team had. You know, or, or for example, FAU last year. Why did we see this before? FAU lost its best tight end and had another really good one transfer away. And it was part of the reason they had trouble throwing the ball last year. And no one talked about that beforehand. And I think, you know, those are the type of things we're going to see with Western Kentucky's and a team we're about to talk about here soon. Let's head to Huntington, West Virginia. Jones C. Edwards Stadium, October 30th, 3.30 p.m. David Handel, what you got on the herd? Well, this is the game where FIU turns his entire season around after back-to-back losses to teams that, as you guys have mentioned, FIU can beat. Well, we are going to Marshall and beating them. Listen, their defense is depleted. They've lost a lot of guys. They've got a new OC and DC. Um, You know, Grant Wells doesn't really scare me. I am ready to give it to the herd, especially the week before FAU. You know, they might be looking ahead a bit. We're beating Marshall this year. That's, that's, I'm booking that. That's my lock of the year. Boom. <laughs> Love the confidence. Uh, really quick, David noted some of the changes there. I think David uh, accidentally misspoke. He meant uh, they have a new head coach and defensive coordinator, offense coordinator, Tim Cramsey is the only yes, holder right, from, right, yes. from the, yeah, from the, the Doc Holiday era. And we all know, Charles Huff comes from the Nick Saban coaching tree, one of the top recruiters in college football, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to give Shane time to opine on Marshall because he's going to hit on a lot of the same things that I inevitably would opine on. So I'll just say this. I have this game as a loss purely because I think Marshall's a more talented team. With that being said, I'm not saying it's out of the question that FIU could get a victory. I mean, they are due for a victory against Marshall, but just – all things considered, if you talk about talent on talent, I see this as a loss. Uh, at, at this point, I have FIU at three and five. Yeah, I think the, I have the wins I have in there at as LIU, Texas State. No, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, LIU, Texas State, and Charlotte, I have our wins. So at this point, I have them at three and five. Uh, Shane, I know you're going to hit on a lot of points with, with Marshall, so I want to let you go ahead and, and uh, um, jump in there. Yeah, I still think Marshall defensively is going to be too physical for FIU. Listen. Any game that FIU can't lean on Devontae Price where Price is, you know, gashing a team for six, seven yards to carry, they're going to have trouble. And not saying that Price isn't going to, you know, be successful against a team like Marshall, but, you know, Marshall, the Marshalls, the FAUs of the conference, they're not going to let someone just, you know, as, as FIU has seen their run defense be over the last few years. So he's going to need help in those games, and I don't know really where it comes from with FIU. We just don't know that yet. 
Yeah, some of the big things with the herd. Obviously, Grant Wells looking to rebound after his subpar final three games of the year. One that saw him one, excuse me, that saw him throw two touchdowns, five interceptions, as well as you know the, some of the losses they've had. We talk about Kane Madden, uh, Brock Thompson. You know some of the guys from last year. As far as Devontae Beck is in the NFL, Brendan Knox is in the NFL. So Marshall will be an interesting case. I will say this: I think by this point in time in the year, we will know what Marshall is, and that's what makes this game very interesting. Now, I'm going to head to the part of the schedule, David and Shane, where I think we'll make FIU season. I wrote this in my preview. I said that the first four games and last four games will make the 2021 FIU Panthers. Let's start at home. They welcome the returning Old Dominion Monarchs, returning to play after opting out last year. David, what you got on ODU? W. I mean, they haven't played football in a year. Just just give me the W. I, I have a what personal – what? We don't know. What if they're Bama? Well, I'll tell you what. They're not Bama. All right. I have a personal, I have a personal <laughs> hatred for ODU. All right. That stems back to a few years ago when they beat us to the cage. Um, that made us have to, to, you know, play like the last game of the season, even more important. So I have a special hatred for ODU. We are going to kick the crap out of ODU. And yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm loving this energy from David Hunt. I got him really fired up before the podcast. I'll say this about the Monarchs. Ricky Ronnie, the former Penn State offensive coordinator, comes in. He's at a year, as Shane will say. You know, if you give a team a year to just prep and practice, they'll become UAB. So watch out for the Monarchs. Yes, that is Shane as Shane Marinelli. I do not think yeah. he wins this game, but, uh, but uh, they do have uh, an interesting quarterback situation. FIU fans, remember the name – Hayden Wolf, we actually had a chance to see his first start two years ago, 2019, the game before the UM victory in 2019. It was his first career start. The Naples, excuse me, Venice, Venice native. Um, it's going to be between him and DJ Mack. And by uh, all accounts, the former UCF quarterback, DJ Mack, is going to be the uh, the lead there. They have some talent, just not enough. It, it's it's going to take more than one year for Ryan to get that going. So I think that's a win. David, this is where – go ahead, Shane, did you have something? I'm sorry. No, no, we're good. Okay, okay. Uh, David, this is where things get interesting. Floyd Stadium has been a house of horrors. Anyone who follows me on Twitter has probably seen me make reference to this game 3,000 times. Uh, the 50-17 to 17 loss in 2019. And as a matter of fact, if my memory serves me correct, FIU has not won at Floyd Stadium in their last three tries. What do you have on Rick Stockstill's Blue Raiders? Well, speaking of teams I absolutely despise, yeah, Middle Tennessee, that streak is over. I've got four words for you. No more Asher O'Hara, the FIU killer, all right? (laughs) Yeah, we are going into Middle Tennessee, and we are going to come up with a win. Uh, You know, they've got a few returning starters on D, but, you know, it wasn't a very good defense last year. Not Without Asher O'Hara, you know, bad running team, give me the W. Lock it up. As a matter of fact, the, the last time the Panthers won in Murfreesboro, it was 11-26-2011, a 31-18 victory. Uh, David, th- that would have been Mario Cristobal, correct, uh, 2011? Yeah, t- uh, t- 10-year anniversary, lock it in. <laughs> can, can anyone um, anyone off the top of their head name where Asher O'Hara is going to be tormenting people next season? You're not really asking me that because you know I know the answer, so I'm assuming you're asking David. Well, it's funny you ask that because I the only reason I would know that is because I read it today and I 
specifically didn't write it down because it was such a random school that I didn't want to mention it. <laughs> so it hurt. It. What's that, Shane? Asher O'Hara is going to be, I don't know which league it is, whatever league Sacramento State is in. Yeah, he's he's going to be tearing up that league. I, I'm sure I, he might run for 300 yards a game in that league. Uh, that is still one of the more bewildering things that Asher O'Hara ends up at an FCS school. Um, really quick, just for anyone who may be curious, he's playing with his brother, Jace O'Hara. So that's part of the reason he chose to go there. But um, I, I still think he's an FCS quarterback, but that's another debate for another show. I'll quickly give my two cents. I have this as a win. I think between this game and the next game we'll talk about, one of these two games FIU is going to lose. But I do think, excuse me, let's try this again. I have this one as a loss. I have the next one as a win. Um, I got my, my notes here mixed up. I, I think with Middle Tennessee, again, I think part of it is the history that they have against that program. And also, when you look at Rick Stockstill and the way he wants to run things, they're going to get back to kind of the, the Brent Stockstill style of offense, more of a traditional um, pocket passer, someone who can use his legs in former North Carolina State starter Bailey Hockman. Uh, they have Amir Rasul Martel Petway transfers from Florida State and West Virginia at the running backs and sneaky good receivers in Yusef Ali and Jaron Pierce. So I have this one as a loss. The next one I have as a win. It's one of Shane's favorite teams to rag on because, uh, I mean, I think Miami Northwestern High would have put up 50 points a game on this team. That's the North Texas Mean Green. David, uh, what do you have? Yeah, I also have an, uh, I have a W uh, coming off a of 1 and 11 season, bad defense, <laughs> bad line. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, the UCF transfer, DJ Mack, um, you know. David, guess, wrong notes. You're reading ODU. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Well, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave I'll, that I'll, in. <laughs> well, one, I am going to leave that in. Two, it doesn't change my answer. It's still a W, except <laughs> I have no notes on this team. And I'm going purely off the, the back of knowing North Texas is trash. <laughs> for, for, for anyone that anyone that listens to South Florida Sports Radio, which I'm sure most people that listen to this do, uh, he's going full Brendan Tobin picking heat games. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, uh, 81 and one. Uh, the one loss is that that second night of a back-to-back at Denver. But other than that, (laughs) I I will jump in here and give the North Texas analysis as I led with, uh, they've been kind of Shane Marinelli's whipping boy, so to speak in terms of the fact that defensively they're under third coordinator, third defensive coordinator as many years. It'll be up to former SMU defensive coordinator, Phil Bennett to fix their defensive woes. The mean green allowed over 40 points a game last year. I mean, they, they, they were horrendous in terms of defensive, uh, output and quite frankly, they have talented defensive players and linebacker KD Davis and Shane's favorite defensive tackle. He thinks this guy's the best defensive tackle in the history of Conference USA. That would be Dion Noville. But if you look on the offensive side of the football, they're going to be bringing in it's either going to be Austin Ani, the former New York Yankees third baseman, New York Yankee minor leaguer third baseman, I should say, he's 29 years old. Uh, former UNC four star quarterback Jace Reuter, uh, the former four star recruit, transferred in. And it's going to be between those two guys to see who can really engineer the offense. They just suffered a loss. Their standout freshman running back, Oscar Attaway III, tore his ACL. So if he's going to be out for the year, that is huge for them. But they still have – oh, come on, I always forget. Is it DeAndre Torrey or Trey Siggers? It is Trey Siggers, I believe. I'm going to come back to that and fix that. But um, they still have a, a solid running back returning. And North Texas has had plenty of success passing the football. So we'll see what happens there. Shane, do you want to opine on your favorite player, Deion Neville? 
I mean, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that Evan Anderson's better. <laughs> and with that, that is him being on brand. So uh, we'll go ahead and finish things up here as David gets his notes together. Uh, Trey Siggers is at SMU, so it's DeAndre Torrey is the back who's, who's uh, returning. And that's actually key for North Texas because DeAndre Torrey ran for just a shade under – a thousand yards and 15 touchdowns uh, in 2018. So he's a very productive player. I, and, and like I said, I have that one as a win. So I have that one uh, at, that leaves FIU at five and six. And I think that they'll be entering November 27th, their final game of the year, looking to qualify for a bowl 3 PM on uh, one ESPN network. We hasn't exactly been announced yet. MM Robert stadium, the rock at Southern miss Hondo. What's up? You have them battling for a bowl spot. I have them battling for a conference championship spot, and they're going to come up with a victory at Southern Miss to end the season. No way. <laughs> listen, listen. On paper, Southern Frank Miss. Or you know, Junior uh, might catch his dad that day. Yeah, <laughs> I know they've got Frank Gore Junior and an improved O line, but you know what FIU has? Oh Heart, baby. We're going to the conference. <laughs> Friday night, but they just uh, on a Friday night now for the fans that don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, you know what though, David? I, can I just be the guy? You know what you did? You guys made it. Let's let's play this hypothetical a little bit here. You guys made it to the Conference USA title game. Uh, FIU is in a rabid match with UTSA. I, I, UTSA, I, they ran the table. It's it's in the Alamo Dome. You, of course, you went out there. David's on vacation weekend <laughs> he flew out there monday okay for the conference usa title game take in san antonio all right um they win the conference usa title game they fly back and there's a press conference eric is there and butch davis and Pete garcia both announced five-year contract extensions i mean what more could FIU Panther fans want? Oh, what a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so you be careful what you wish for. <laughs> well, I, I, I do want to know, I appreciate you, um, you know, agreeing with me and, and just totally going in saying that we're going to beat UTSA too. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't agree. I, I was just, I, I was so, just bringing you to the, the brick wall at the end of your fantasy. <laughs> so in, in, in this hypothetical, is FIU in the Fiesta Bowl or what? I just want to know. Well, I, usually um, after we beat UTSA, I, I wake up from my dream um, and the rest doesn't happen. But if I were to continue sleeping, uh, no, not Fiesta Bowl, uh, Orange Bowl. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get back to reality here. Uh, Southern Miss. As a Shane and David, which, it, which isn't even a G five contracted game, but whatever, man. They're playing. It's the no, rematch for Miami they want and the <laughs> Yeah, this is. And, and let me put guess, down they play, NCAA fourteen. They, they, they play. They play at Marlins Park too, huh? Right, David. Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait. Did I, did I, I didn't mean Orange Bowl. I meant we're playing in the Orange Bowl as the first game of the college football playoff. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We don't need a, we don't need uh, any conference bids in there. <laughs> All right. So as far as the Golden Eagles are concerned, first-year head coach Will Hall 
comes over from Tulane. That's going to be really interesting because he kind of, um, for FIU fans will remember a lot of the offensive success that happened at the Tulane game that was under Will Hall. Some of the ways he likes to utilize his tight ends and running backs and athletic quarterbacks. They have a transfer from West Virginia. He was there last year in Trey Lowe. FAU fans remember him because he kind of engineered the upset of the Owls last year. But Trey Lowe, this is his first year where he's focusing just on football. He played both football and baseball over the past few years. It's going to be interesting. I have this one. He fits that offense really well. Damn right he fits that offense really well. Yeah, I'm a big – I think Southern Miss is going to be good. Sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to say that. No, 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 I no problem at all because I agree with you. He fits an offense really well. My thing is, I think Will Hall is a Mississippi native. I think he's going to get that program heading in the right direction. I just don't think it's going to be year one. I think they will have a vast improvement. You're talking about a Southern Miss team that, even though they went three and seven, three of their losses were by a field goal or less. So this one really was a toss up in my mind, but I just felt like with everything riding based on the way I have the season playing out, bowl contention on the line. Listen, Butch Davis has never had – the fact that he's had two straight losing seasons is not uh, something that's conference career. It's never happened until this past year. I don't see a third happening. Um, if you just look at the track record, Butch Davis has been – for all the things you want to say about Butch Davis, you know, and people can across the college ball landscape, he's been a very successful college head coach. I just think he finds a way to eke out that sixth win. FIU goes bowling. I have them in the Gasparilla Bowl, and I think this is a win. So – uh, Shane, any uh, final thoughts? Anything you want to throw out there as far as uh, you know, David's fantasies or my six and six? I, I know I've, I've already gotten some static. Uh, you no, know, I I know uh, Eric. I saw some of the FAU fans, uh, it, funnily, just kind of crushing you for the six and six. And, and I yeah. know it's after FIU the last two years. It, it's kind of tough, but I, I their defense is their secondary is good. They have a running game. And, you know, if they have a, if they get average play to Max Morgan Slogger, I, I think their schedule lines up. I, I don't think that's too far off. I, I would sit here debating whether I should bet FIU four and a half. My only thing is, is that so many of these games we talked about fall on that 50 50. And I, I think you pointed right. out that a lot of those 50 50 games, you had them winning majority of, right? It was like six to seven or something like that. Correct, Eric? If, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just run through it really quick. The six I have them winning are Southern Miss, North Texas, ODU, uh, Charlotte, um, uh, Texas State. Uh, yeah, so and then, of course, they win Long Island. Um, so, yeah, six of the seven, correct. Okay, so my thing is, is when you kind of play that defensive running the ball, you know, you're really dependent on Devontae Price. I think even in a couple games, you might be the better team when you're playing that close a ball. It's really hard to win six of seven 50-50 games, right? Like, uh, I, I think FIU is a better team than Charlotte. But, you know, when it's 21-19, similar to the Liberty game, you know, it takes that pass interference or it takes something. And those tend to break, you know, sometimes you always hear about those season, oh, they've won X amount. And maybe FIU's kind of do, right? Like, the 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 roulette of it all, they've lost so many of these games. It kind of goes the other way, but I, I just don't see how their style of play where it leads to that many coin flip wins. I think the coin flip wins games are going to be kind of split. So maybe one or two more on the other side. So that I, I got them more at like five wins, four or five wins. This is what I'll say really quick. Cause I think Shane makes an interesting point. And I know he kind of threw something out there as far as his, 
uh, hypothetical with David in terms of his, you know, dream scenario. But no, Shane makes a good point. A lot of those 50-50 games, it's not like you're coming out there with a, a stout defense, uh, or at least going into the year, you know, they could, every Weathers could flip things around totally. And you're not necessarily thinking that they're going to have tremendous offensive firepower. But again, we could see what Andrew Briner does as far as utilizing some of the weapons. I easily could make the case if I had them coming out of that first stretch three and one, then I could make the case for seven. I just don't have them at that. But David, I've asked you this question many times, and I think it's one that Shane Marinelli would ask. Um, from FIU fans' perspective, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but I feel like it's pertinent here. Given where the program was at the end of 2018, six and six does what for you as a fan, David? I mean, just in all things in totality, year five, the Butch Davis era, six and six. Um, it It's weird because I feel like expectations are so low this year that you get me into a bowl game, I'm, I'm going to be excited. But I'm also kind of just like that type of, of optimist. Like you get me into a bowl game, I get to travel to a game. Let's have some fun with it. FIU fandom morale is so low. Like it's funny because like before we started taping this, I, I was kind of messing with some guys in the chat and uh, telling them how I've talked myself into a 10-win season. Um, I feel like a 6-6 six and six would just – it wouldn't really affect everyone would be either like, okay, like that's fun. But then it'd also be like, okay, like nothing great. Like it would just be it's it's just it's just so weird. The FIU morale is even weirder than it usually is. Um, and it's just because expectations are so low. So I just like it's kind it's kinda weird. I'm probably giving you a terrible answer, but but listen, I'll take the six and six. Um, and I'll also take obviously my dream scenario of ten wins. Shane, um, it's sorry, it could have been static. Were you jumping in or, or were you not? No, I, I think they got it to six and six. I really think they need to take home a trophy, right? Because if did the end, I did the lost Arkansas State feel great? You know, I think that was kind of a, uh, I think that kind of started to, to kill the momentum. Yeah, you know, in, in the bowl game after the Miami win, it was like, oh, we, you know, we go beat Miami and then go out and lose Arkansas State, right? And then it's all kind of spiraled from there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that they could manage. And, I, and again, I definitely think they can do. I, I think they can get there this year. It's uh, you know, Everything has to go right, though. Everything. And, you know, a couple of these teams we're talking about, Conference USA, that we think are really bad, have to continue to be bad. I don't think Southern Miss is going to be that bad a football team. I think their skill positions are too loaded. Uh, but I, I just – we don't know about – Charlotte, Western, and Western Kentucky. I think they're kind of really big question marks, too. No, since Shane has become a full-fledged journalist with Alice 247, his analysis has suddenly gotten better because I can't dispute anything he just <laughs> said there. And uh, and no, I, I actually do agree on the bowl point because I can tell you as someone who was there at the Camellia Bowl, you know, it would have been nice, and David can attest to this, based on the way that year went, UM really, you know, forgive my language, Alex Shaw, UM put a lot of sugar on shit and it would have been nice to close out the hell's last uh, few games with wins, you know, fin- finish with a win at Marshall and then finish with a bowl game when that didn't happen. So um, yeah, six and seven wouldn't exactly feel good, but I'll say this, and this might be my most controversial hot take. I think Butch Davis got the most out of the, uh, 
Ron Turner talent in his first two years, but they may have been ahead of schedule. You know, maybe that kind of set the expectations to a point where things were really a little bit further ahead than they were. We'll have to see how things shake out. But um, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you, Shane. Uh, a bowl win in seven and six would feel a lot better than another six and seven. Yeah, and I think they also, I think a big one is they have to be competitive in the Shula Bowl. Uh, you, you know, hey, you know what? Okay. Uh, I, know I, I, I think if if it's thir- if it's thirty one four or thirty eight fourteen again or something like of that nature three scores it's been the last few years that's another bad one if they you know if they go and they lose on a touchdown because you know right now if they use more talented teams you could there is some more I know it's hard in a rivalry game but there ha- there needs to be some moral victory in that game. No, no, Shane. I know I said that we would save the Shula Bowl preview for for later and we will but that is a very key point when talking about this schedule um yeah they 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 cannot be another blowout in the shula bowl because that and i've made this point whether it's not larry bluestein or other cusa radio spots then you just feel like you're again a step behind fau and that's such a far cry from where you felt at the end of the 2018 season but with that hondo did a great job with your research outside of you know that one little hiccup um, and we'll go ahead and close this one up. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Shula Bowl Pod. You can find Five Reasons Sports, your home for all things South Florida sports news, on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. You can find me on Twitter at or yes, sir, Shane Marinello. What up? No, continue. Sorry, I thought, I thought you were ending there. No, no, no. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find Shane on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. And of course, please, 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 you are doing yourself a disservice if you are an FAU fan. And even if you're not, it's a fan of Conference USA in general. Owls 247. You are getting Jordan and Pippen in their prime with him and Kevin Fielder and their coverage of FAU football. And last but not least, you can find David on Twitter at MrHondo321. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching. And guess what? The next time you will hear from us, you'll have a recap of the FIU game. Football is back, baby.